0: this podcast is of licensed mental health professionals linking pop culture to psychology. The information presented in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be used in place of mental health treatment or other services. All our opinions are our own. Hello, welcome to Therapy for Nerds. I am your host, Cassidy Russell, along with Abby Ronquillo and Katie Bussey. And today we are joined by two amazing people. And I'll start off with, how about Ernesto?
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I mean, the fact that you guys really branded yourself as therapy for nerds, (laughs) this is my people. Um, But anyway, my name is Ernesto. I do a few things. I am a psychotherapist. I own a group practice here in Southern California. And um, I'm usually doing uh, entrepreneurial coaching now. And I'm also on the side am a videographer, so, and a fellow nerd as well. So thank you again for having me.
0: Oh, thank you. And last but certainly not least, Debbie Frankel. Debbie. (laughs) Oh, oh,
2: I'm so excited to be here. I actually have been referring to myself as a grief nerd uh, for a little while now, is that I've been in grief for Oh, man. Um, oh my gosh. More than a quarter of a century, which makes me feel really, really, really old. Um, and but-
1: wise.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've gotten into that like sage part of my life now. And um, and so I, I actually focus uh, now a lot on, on teaching clinicians to look for grief, to see grief, because we Get all these courses on how to handle, you know, how to recognize and handle anxiety and depression. And it's like, yes, but hello, woo. There's grief that's underneath all of that, especially with trauma. You know, trauma is knotted with grief, and um, and so that's uh, that's my passion. I just love that, and so um, I do a lot of trainings, and um, and every time that I get a chance to be able to talk about grief and especially with WandaVision this is so cool because there's so many metaphors but yeah I just um I love talking about grief so anyway
0: so thanks for having me. Thank you so you mentioned um the traumas which I think is so central to the WandaVision show mm-hmm. but particularly I felt the commercials um, so, I want maybe we can start off by talking about the commercials that are in WandaVision and how that relates back to Wanda's grief and Wanda's trauma. Maybe even starting with the toaster commercial, which is the first one, the Stark toaster. Who wants to start talking about that one?
1: You know, that's interesting that you bring that out because when you look from the first to the last episode, the commercials escalated. Right. And if you notice, if you look at the I know the stages of grief is pretty old and we don't use those models. But if you look at the toast, if you look at the actual commercials, there's elements of those stages. So when you look at it from those lenses, it's really giving us a it's giving us snapshots of the stages or the categories or the areas of WandaVision's process and trauma Mm -hmm. and it is just so interesting all these metaphors you know trying to put in the uh, the Marvel universe all together and at the same time how Wanda is processing her reality quote-unquote reality Mm -hmm. and coming to grips I mean the last commercial you know was like holy crap that is her experience and the toaster was -hmm. the start of the origins of her trauma which was stark industry you Mm -hmm. know it connected right right, start the bomb or the missile that did not go off or we think it didn't go off Mm -hmm. she may have done something to it but from the very beginning of my trauma started from This organization that I'm now connected to somehow. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah,
3: yeah. And the ambivalence in that. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Yeah. I think the show does a really great job of really illustrating throughout the episodes. Maybe you don't find out what that means until the next episode or a couple of episodes later, but they did a great job of really tying together and showing you and illustrating really what the connections are. So I don't think you find out about the toaster, if you're not really into, you know, the Marvel universe, you don't really know what that toaster means, or the word Stark, or some of these other, you know, brandings until like much later into the episodes. Uh, but Ernesto, you did bring up, you know, the idea of the stages of, of grief. Um, I don't know, maybe even if we don't use them, maybe for our users at home, and maybe even for the people who create the series, maybe they had that in mind of like using the stages of grief. So I'm wondering if, if you or Debbie, maybe together could collaborate and Tell our, our listeners what
1: those stages are and how we process through that. Debbie is the expert on this. <laughs> um, I only talk about the actual brilliance. And after I talk, maybe uh, Debbie, you can, you can chime in on this. But the actual brilliance of the understanding of the internal process that Wanda has gone through. And, you know, Hollywood is always behind on the psychological research and process. But overall, they get, they get the human condition, they get the, um, the traumas that happen throughout life. And so those every little thing in that movie, in that show, from the commercials to uh, um, the kid on the island and all of these other commercials that's out there, it's really pointing to an experience, right? It's giving a foreshadow and it makes us curious on, is she, the, is Wanda the villain or is she the victim? Is she going to, it's, it's just one of those things where questions and questions and questions, right, Debbie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. You know, I think it's so interesting, you know, those stages that, um, uh, that we actually in, uh, who specialize in grief tend not to use, but you know, the first stage is denial, which is really, really strong in this, is no, that didn't happen you know, um, and the second stage is anger, and then bargaining, and then depression, and then acceptance. And so I think, you know, that whole denial piece of no, this didn't
0: happen,
2: um, I found really fascinating, like in episode one, when we first started. Now, I will also totally admit to all of you nerds, is that, <laughs> that I have not been, I have watched the, you know, Marvel uh, movies with Mark, but Mark is like, my husband is totally, he's really funny, because we'll watch WandaVision, and then he's got to stop and explain the whole thing, and I'm like, yeah, 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 (laughs) and I'm like, yeah, well, but wait a minute, you know, she's grieving this, (laughs) so so episode one, I was like, what? I don't understand, Um, but it was really fascinating with going back to it of this you know notion that they had no memory of the past of what happened and um and the getting married you know those grief is so much about all the hopes and dreams and expectations that that got completely you know blown up and um and so you know, not knowing, well, wait a minute, what's our anniversary date, right? And so there, you know, there isn't that, you know, and the the expectation, which was interesting, where somebody, Agnes had said, well, you know, do you have kids? Wait, you don't have kids yet? You know, so it's that, oh, that expectation of, oh, well, you know, I didn't get to marry him and we didn't get kids and we didn't get this whole, you know, future that, you know, in episode, eight we figure out oh oh my gosh you know the whole thing about dick van dyke because i Mm -hmm. i know when i looked at that first episode i was like so confused this seems so weird but then makes so much sense later on which i think is also fascinating of what we do in therapy right Mm -hmm. is that we you know help people put the story together and then later on go oh well no wonder Mm You know, no wonder that you're so, you know, hypervigilant or, you know, that, you know, anniversary is before an anniversary that you get so anxious because that makes so much sense, you know, tying that together with what happened in the past.
1: That's very yeah. interesting. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's what we do in general as clinicians, right? When clients come to us, especially, Debbie, you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, when clients come to us with a traumatic grief mm-hmm. they're all over the map and it's it's our role to somewhat track with them and to hold that piece here because that information is valuable somewhere in the puzzle right mm-hmm. and so that makes a lot of sense where even when you watch the first episode all the way to the end it's like what the heck is going on right if you're not a marvel comics a follower, if you're not, if you don't understand the House of M or even the story of Vision and Wanda, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. your, your head's going to go all over the place. What is she doing? But for us who have followed the comic books, especially the House of M, we know that it's coming towards a very dark mm-hmm. story with hints of hope in places. But you're absolutely right. You kind of it takes us to this question like and there's an addiction piece about it too it's like we have to wait until Friday again like what the heck 20 20 minutes of this I mean you could see Twitter exploding like why is it just 20 minutes why this and why that and I, I found myself trying to figure out like why am I having such reaction to this and it's just like with our clients Debbie right it's like tell me more of your story so that i can help you we feel that sense of helplessness yeah
2: i was also thinking of i often refer to kind of an imagery of the puzzle you know and then when we get another piece like wait a minute i thought that i had all the pieces now wait i gotta like reconfigure all of this i was i've been madly like taking notes knowing that we were going to talk about this i was like oh my gosh now i'm gonna go back and go take notes But I was thinking about in episode two, when she gets pregnant and this, and she says, is this really happening? And so, you know, that's that cue, you know, kind of clue of, wait a minute, is this really true or not? And I think grievers, you know, grievers also, I know when they come into my office, especially if it's recent, you know, they feel crazy. You know, they say there must be something wrong with me. Everybody else seems to be okay. And the world feels so incredibly surreal. Like Mm -hmm. everything's completely different and the same, all at the same time. And how bizarre Mm -hmm. and weird, we usually use the word weird a lot, um, when, when we're talking about grief, like, wait a minute, it just feels strange. Like this isn't how it was supposed to be. Yeah
1: doesn't feel familiar
2: yeah and how and how is supposed to progress is that wait a minute we were supposed to get married we were supposed to have kids
0: just thinking especially after you see the the deeds that vision left for her and like knowing that that turned in i at least yeah. that turned into the the calendar with the heart yes and-
1: that literally almost killed me <laughs> <laughs> that scene almost killed me <laughs> Yeah. You know, Debbie, the, the really cool thing about what you just said in episode two is, you know, the, the images of the stork, the images of, um, Mm -hmm. people, people correlated to the villain, which is Mephisto. Um, Mm -hmm. but we learn now that, um, those little Easter egg was, And from my perspective, the stork represents, uh, you know, one of those imagery that a child is going to come, right. Or that's a child. And so if you notice, when she tries to make that stork disappear, Mm -hmm. um, it didn't, it reappeared because that's part of her dream. That's part Mm -hmm. of her longing. She couldn't just let it go away. Yeah. Right. It, It was such a brilliant way of saying, um, no, that I've created this child, th- these kids, but I'm not quite sure. And that stork rep- represents that we all thought that that stork represented the villains in the Marvel universe. Now we may not know, mm-hmm. but it just shows that um, it didn't respond to her magic because that was really, really deep, deep rooted longing for her.
2: Yeah, the, you know this deep longing. You know this. This. Um, I say this you know, this hope that became, you know, we can say sometimes unrealistic, and yet, you know, it's, it's one division. and so, <laughs> so it's like, so it is all about the fantasy, okay, because there is all of the fantasy of how it was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Debbie, I definitely have a question about that then, because, you know, as a practitioner girl, um, going through, you know, our, our training hope is a big theme that we use not only for grief and loss patients, but for anybody going through therapy, Yeah, always having a sense of there's Mm -hmm. something on the other side of whatever I'm going Mm -hmm. through right now in this struggle. So for those who are experiencing deep grief or, um, like Wanda, something that they, they really want and something that's unattainable, Mm -hmm. is there a such thing as bad hope or like having too much hope that's unrealistic?
2: Oh my gosh. That's a great question. Abby. um, I, you know, it's interesting because at the end of my first session with somebody who's come in about grief, um, I always say, you know what, I'm going to hold the hope for you because you may not, um, you may not have that right now. Often their hopes have been completely smashed and, and, you know, in being able to say, you know what, I'm gonna hold the hope for you. You don't have to have that, okay? Um, it's almost a paradox actually mm-hmm. of saying, come on, you know, if, you know, things are gonna get better because they don't believe that. It's like, no, everything's been completely destroyed. My world is completely upside down. The rug has been pulled out from underneath me. I have no idea of what's, gonna, of, of what's happening know and what's going to happen and our fear of oh my gosh how am I going to get through this or how am I going to get my kids through this you know and and how scary that is but I think the pain of grief often is being able to help them identify all of those hopes and dreams and expectations that they had in order for them to be able to I think um repair them uh in in our work in uh in therapy uh of being able to identify the the regrets or the guilt that they have you know and that's that bittersweet that's that am i the villain or am i the victim you know and i think that there's both
1: you know abby that's a really good question you can see it in an episode four when vision yelled who am i Woo. right Woo. Um, who am I now when you look at it from a perspective because vision is a piece of Wanda mm-hmm. we don't I, I I'm not quite sure if that was vision asking the question or Wanda mm-hmm. um, really trying to figure out who she is at that point and to answer your question mm-hmm. from a is there a hope that is that is rooted somewhere in something inappropriate right Mm -hmm. um that's a you can see it in 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 visions storyline because sometimes we hope for something and we lose ourselves right we don't know who ourselves we don't know who we are becoming at that point Mm -hmm. so when you look at when you look back at WandaVision and just visions trying to make sense of everything about who he is and all of that stuff Um, it's also coming from a place of this is Wanda's process because we Mm -hmm. all know that everyone in that community including Vision including the kids is a replication of Wanda's process so anytime Vision is saying something I'm like I wonder if that's what Wanda is projecting right and that hope right of Mm -hmm. that because in the comic books Wanda's um, one of One of those powers, and I think it's I hope it's going to be revealed in Doctor Strange, is she's a necromancer, a sorcerer. So she can bring people from the dead. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about it, you know, from a grief perspective, yeah, even Monica Rambeau said this: if I had your powers, I would bring my mom back so really powerful process of this necromancer They didn't even talk about it in the movie but you kind of got a glimpse of it when she was fighting um uh ooh, Mar- um what's her name the other witch
2: ah! agatha.
1: Ag- agatha when yeah. she brought to life th- the the other witches that she killed right mm-hmm. that was a glimpse of uh, one of wanda's powers where she could bring people from the dead mm-hmm. and so you know there is that false hope there's that in inap- I don't know if I want to say inappropriate hope but there's also that spectrum of hope that yes we would love to dig up the grave of our loved ones mm-hmm. but is that a pro is that a hope um, worth fighting for and Wanda with all her powers could actually do it and she actually did it <laughs> yeah
4: and I, I wonder with the idea of hope because I know we're talking about could there be a hope that comes from a place that maybe doesn't serve us as well, that isn't meeting where we are and what's realistic to our life and I wonder could it be an idea of like just redefining the relationship with hope because obviously like we want, we want to be able to have the hope, we want to be able to have that that relationship that we've had with those people, but it's about redefining what it looks like right now to still contain that hope in our lives.
2: Katie, that's a great, great point because I really think that you know it's grieving the loss of the physical relationship that we've had mm-hmm. with, with our loved ones, and also redefining and being able to look at well, wait a minute, but we were, we are always going to have an emotional relationship with them, and for mm-hmm. some people, we're always going to have a spiritual relationship. But the emotional and the spiritual relationship, you know, we are not as in tune with um, or we're not as uh, tethered to them that way. You know, we've been used to being connected, you know, to them in the physical world. Um, but that, um, that you know, our loved ones will always be with us. I love I made a note about um, in episode three where Wanda says, wait a minute, there's something wrong here and we're in in uncharted waters and geraldine after the babies are born and and she says he was killed by ultron referring referring to piet to her brother
0: Mm
2: -hmm. um and then she talks about you know well i'm a twin i had a brother named pietra and starts singing this lullaby in this native language you know and that kind of you know, uh, that connection, it was interesting. I wasn't surprised that, 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 she didn't have just one baby. Of course she had to have twins. You know, that's her connection with her brother that continues.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I love what you just said as far as a connection and it goes back, Abby, to your, to your question about hope,
4: mm-hmm.
1: um, and Katie, the relationship with hope as well too, mm-hmm. um, is that physically they don't, they don't have to be here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we can keep them in our hearts, and I think that's what happened with Wanda. Is that she mm-hmm. she had them in her heart, but her power was so uh, it, it was anguish, <laughs> you know. It wasn't it wasn't it was anguish, and so that anguish is so powerful that whatever was in stored here, uh, you can see that in episode eight. Um, I think yeah episode eight when all of the energy came from her heart right and it just created vision and created Mm -hmm. this world but you're right I think they're uh, forming the relationship of what that looks like redefining the relationship with Mm -hmm. the people around her and you can see this in the last sad episode where I almost lost it when she turned to her kids and says thank you for choosing me yeah Yeah. thank you for choosing me to be your mother or something like that I was like what else marvel what else are you gonna drop on us what the heck (laughs) you know it it was just so powerful so yeah Mm -hmm. she changed her relationship with vision she changed her relationship with her kids at that point Mm -hmm. um and watch out for uh for those two kids watch out for those two kids because they're they're already (laughs) setting the stone Mm -hmm. for the next piece
0: Young Avengers, here we go. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I can really appreciate what you're all
3: bringing forward to the table, especially what Katie said about reframing, because that is so important to all of our clients and, and, you know, in general, to reframe negative experiences to be this positive thing and empower us to move forward. However, I'm just going to make it complicated. How about ambiguous grief when we really don't know exactly what we are expressing or what we're feeling and it's not as clear cut. This person might not be dead. This person might not be gone we still might feel this, um, we, we might still feel a sense of hope that there is something that we could potentially do, but how it's going to, it's going to affect us in a negative way, but we mm-hmm. still want it. How about those types of relationships? You know what, I, I think that, you know, I think
2: <laughs> we'll talk about complicated grief, because this mm-hmm. is so compl- because it is so complicated, you know, look at all of the uh, cumulative grief, okay, mm-hmm. for Wanda, where, you know, it was her parents and it was her brother, you know, and, and then vision and all of that, you know, when our clients come to us with one grief, you know, with one recent loss, they also come with all of the losses that they've had, you know, and it all all gets mixed in, you know, and to be able to help them sort through that, you know, the, um, I think that I like to use the word bittersweet a lot thing is that it's this and this, you know, it can be, I, yes, I believe that they're not suffering anymore. And, and my heart misses them so much at the same time, Mm -hmm. you know, and that ambiguous grief is that kind of, well, you know, uh, I have mixed feelings or I'm not really quite sure they're not really gone or are they really gone um you know especially when they're missing it's like wait a minute are they really missing which i think was really interesting in um i think it was episode eight when she goes Mm -hmm. and you get the story about her you know going in and making she wants to see vision's body you know that verification you know that's not it's this it's I I don't like to use the word closure um, because the image of closure is like, okay, close the door and we're done. It's like, well, no, then, you know, but there's the emotional relationship and those continuing, what we call continuing bonds. But I think her, you know, her um, veracity and no, I have to see him and know you you know to you know her her perception of oh well he's it's just a bot you know a bot it's just parts you know and a thing but no he's you know he's my husband I love him and I need um, I need to protect him I need to make sure that he is honored and and buried or has a funeral you know and then when she goes and Um, this is what actually got I was I was you know got that lump in my throat uh, Mm of when she goes and goes over to the body and the stone is gone and she says I can't I can't feel you you know his soul is gone and that that you know uh, so so many grievers will talk about I could tell, you know, I was there when he, when the person died, and then all of a sudden I realized, no, wait a minute, this is just a body now. It, the soul was gone,
0: mm-hmm. you
2: know, and then to be able to help viewers uh, reconnect, you know, and kind of reattach more
1: emotionally and spiritually, um, yeah. That makes mm-hmm. a lot of that. That makes a lot of sense, Debbie. And this is why Debbie's the go-to. Grief expert on this stuff because you know she formulates this in your mind in a very clinical term, mm-hmm. and you know what I gather in this conversation and also from the house of M and her story in One Division is that a grieving mind can be cruel, you know, mm-hmm. and wow. you you can see this um, in her reaction mm-hmm. when Pietro showed up at the door. And then that one time when um, uh, when Agnes was shown to be the puppet master with all of these things, it's like, oh, my gosh, I want to punch her in the face for that. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so cruel because I know when my mom passed away, I started uh, two weeks after I started smelling her perfume. I started somewhat seeing shadows in my house. And there's... I. I heard her uh, voice uh, in the wake and sleep stage. Mm-hmm. And then my my sister had a recording of her, of her voice and she played it. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> so you can't even imagine with what Wanda went through on seeing visually, hearing, touching, feeling, smelling um, and what, Her brain must have been, Debbie, you think, very overwhelmed with something like this, you know? Very cruel.
2: That's very interesting you say it because I talk to grievers about, and when I'm doing trainings, I talk about, look, there's this hypersensitivity to, for a griever, of, of what and who they're missing. And so they will, it's like they have radar, you know? And so, you know, they're in a crowd and see, well, there's not a whole lot of crowds these last year, but <laughs> but to be out and see the back of somebody's head and it looks right. like, wait a minute, that looks like the you know my dad or my mom or whoever's not there, you know, um, and and we're hypersensitive to that, you know, with all of our senses.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, anytime we saw yellow flowers, yellow roses, uh, right. Uh, you know because that was my my mom's favorite colors and you know I mean it was just so you're right we were so hyper vigilant with yeah. those things and and they
0: had
2: know,
1: different meaning tr- valuable yeah. valuable meanings and yeah. as evidenced by Wanda's house you know all yeah. the images that was in there um, yeah. had meaning from mm-hmm. start industry to mm-hmm. her home means um, mm-hmm uh S- 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 Sco- what, scovia? no No. scovia yeah. yeah all of these places even her accent when it when she was going in and out of her accent mm-hmm. you know it was like who am i what do i do mm-hmm. um and you could even see the you could even you can even hear when agnes was trying to taunt her with hmm mm-hmm. it's interesting that your accent is going away or your brother's body has is full of holes i'm like what the how can you drive mm-hmm. the knife further into this woman's soul you know it's like mm-hmm. oh i just use this one guy named ralph mm-hmm. to maybe make it look like he's your brother but your brother is full of holes somewhere else mm-hmm. and it's like what the heck?
2: you know it's really funny because for a little bit in that scene I it almost felt like um like a therapy session where the griever doesn't want to see that that kind of oh oh I don't want to deal with this you know sometimes my clients will be really honest and say I really didn't want to come today it's like well of course you're not in the mood to do this shit this hurts and it's just. Ah, oh, and I tell them, you know, when I have to do this work, I say the F word a lot, because it, you know, it's painful to confront that reality. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But
3: she goes along, you know, at first the, the, the deeper or the the earlier memories, it seems like she's very like, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. And then, mm-hmm. then there's like a turning point where she's kind of like, wait, I remember this. I want to mm-hmm. do this. And she walks towards the door. Yeah, and she's it makes cool. more sense, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's very curious about it too. And yeah. I go back to Agnes, uh, her character as taunting, right? As yeah. as chastising, like, "Oh, this is a sweet moment. And she does a tear, mm-hmm. you know, um, and just pushes her like, it's almost as if she, of course, she wanted to know who Wanda was at that time, right? She didn't know she was a Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. but she was really trying to get to Let's get deeper and deeper. How are you allowing all of these spells to happen at one time without you not even knowing it? (laughs) So I'm
3: wondering, I'm wondering then maybe for people who are grieving, like you both mentioned, there's like this hyper hyper awareness, hypersensitivity, hyper anything could be seen as a superpower, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're 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 hiding. There's something, you're a different level of awareness. So Wanda obviously being the scarlet witch she is a superhero and us being normal people when we are experiencing these high level intensity feelings of grief maybe we mm-hmm. are maybe we are superheroes as well we have these superpowers yes yes doing this, and you know hopefully in a much more uh, a much more compassionate way a therapist being the part of agnes trying to guide you through mm-hmm. okay let's walk through all of these things and uh, mm-hmm. understanding all of these different elements of what had happened to you and and finding what those things are maybe that's part of honing in what those superpowers are
1: abby you make the most solid point i think Mm -hmm. in this conversation because um when my mom passed away i was more empathetic more joining more understanding more compassionate with all types of levels of grief Um, it didn't make me hypervigilant. It made me self-aware of the power of grief and how Debbie, you know, this, how to utilize that as a quote unquote superpower. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, when you get so in touch with sorrow, uh, sorrow actually leads you to a lot of truth, right. And help your clients to process And you're absolutely right, Abby. I didn't really think about it from that perspective, but when you have been visited by death multiple times, especially traumatic death and grief, it Mm -hmm. takes someone else to guide you to Mm -hmm. offer that perspective, right? But then again, when you see someone getting connected, I mean, you saw this when when she was opening up um, Westview, right? When Agnes was like, you can just let this all down and take the powers off uh, and free all these people that was surrounding her, Mm -hmm. right? And she was like, uh, she wanted everything to stop and then she just put a chokehold on everyone just to stop talking, right? And so she knew from that perspective um, that she had to come to a choice where she understood the pain of what the community was going to. They were begging for her to stop this, right? You, you had the, uh, the lady that came up to her that says, hey, maybe, maybe you can have my daughter be friends with your kids, you know? It, maybe you could do that, you know? It, it was like, it was crying out for help. And she, she was like, what are you talking about? Like, and she could understand that pain from that perspective. You could see each one of the individuals in there and the pain that they were feeling at the same time, mm-hmm. and then Wanda's uh, inability to to harness her grief in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So she understood, and you know she was she was she had a choice: let go of my family, let them die, or <laughs> free these people that had no right to be under my power.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Powerful stuff.
0: When you talk yeah. about harnessing your grief as a superpower, Monica Rambo mm-hmm. came into my brain because she had just gone through this horrible, traumatic experience, but then was able, I mean, Debbie, I think you can, you seem ready to speak more on this, so I'll, I'll give it to you, but oh, she's so amazing
2: i'm so glad that you brought that up because i have been i've been waiting to talk about uh that piece because it was the I can't remember which episode it was um maybe seven or eight where monica um you know goes in with the tank you know and and tries to break through and monica who says you know i'm she knows how she feels. So that's how she can get in, which is um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of how she got in as Geraldine before. Mm-hmm. You know, is that, you know, I think that superpower of mm-hmm. if we are able to know and realize that, that we're actually all grievers
0: mm-hmm. and,
2: um, and that we can use that as a superpower to be able to help our clients. But I thought it was fascinating this metaphor of her trying to go through uh, that, that force field with the tank and it didn't work.
0: Mm-hmm. And then,
2: she, and then it was only when she took off her armor mm-hmm. and it wasn't easy, but that she got through, you know, it's like, you have to, you have to be willing to be uh, vulnerable and willing to be open, you know, and, you um, and just, you know, real. Um, and so I found that fascinating uh, of a, a metaphor uh, for being able to help grievers and that that there is a, a superpower. You know, as often, you know, when I'm working with grievers and we look at, you know, the whole story, which I love having them do it on paper and looking at it and going, so now, you know, what, what you know, what do you see? What, what comes up for you? And at the same time that they'll say, oh my God, wow. But then there's also a, well, holy shit, look at all this that I've gone through and I'm still standing, you know, and that we find this growth. That's amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: I, I, <laughs> I I sometimes tell a story of uh, this seven-year-old that came to see me years and years and years ago. And when you know we kicked mom out uh, at the first session, I asked, "So really, you know, why is why did mom bring you here?" She said, "Because I know a lot of dead people." <laughs> I said, "You know what? I know a lot of dead people too. Why don't you tell me about your dead people?" Okay. And I didn't have to go through my whole story of all the family that I've lost, right? Just to be real, of just to say, you know what? Actually, I've had dead people, you know, die too. You know, I've had tell me about your people. Okay? Because we want to be able to talk to people about our loved ones and yet look at, you know, even in, you know, even with one division of of that let's shut it down. Okay? You know, replace vision with another one yeah yeah yeah
4: I you know it's interesting with the idea of the vulnerability in relation to like the superpower piece is I wonder if what comes from it is there is a a different connection with vulnerability that arises because of this like a different ability to have an awareness of other people in their circumstances and that's the big superpower is this this redefining this re uh, refactoring yeah. our lens on situations and people and being able to have a connection that maybe we would have struggled to have previously because we, we wouldn't have been there. We wouldn't have understood.
2: Yeah. You know, what? I know it was really different before my mom died. Um, and then after my mom died and, and, and actually even after my mom died, uh, and kind of before I got really effective grief therapy and afterwards is that after that, then I actually was able to be more attuned to what was helpful and what was unhelpful, you know, to be able to say, to support grievers, because it was like, oh, oh, wow. You know, uh, that we have a different, a really different level of awareness. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that I think is that we get more attuned to, which I think really is a different superpower.
3: So you're mentioning Debbie with the, um, the tank, Later on, there's a short monologue that um, Monica has a conversation with Wanda in front of her front yard, and she's trying to express to Wanda that she's gone through the same thing, you know, that she's wow. lost someone very close to her, and she she understand, understands this grief,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
3: not even as clinicians, not not as professionals, but as lay people. When we want to connect to somebody else who's going through something, how do we how do we approach them in a way that's sensitive um, and not invalidating to their experience? By letting them, but also letting them know that we know what they're feeling.
2: I think, in a way, we can, we can say, I've had similar experiences. I may not know exactly how you feel, but, mm-hmm. you know, um, actually, people will say, you know, the people who, uh, who are really helpful to me are those that don't look scared when they approach me. You know or or don't give me the um what i refer to as the head which is always taken as oh and (laughs) that kind of oh i pity you oh poor Mm -hmm. you you know they treat them like regular human beings okay that they're not with dignity yes yes with dignity and respect and honor Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and aren't afraid to say their loved one who has died aren't afraid to say their name
1: yeah Yeah. you know you can see that interaction um with vision and wanda when you know vision dropped that incredible line that everyone was talking for days about love persevering right i was like so thrown off guard by that i was like who are the writers of this i just love the writing of it But, you know, one of the things that he said in the very beginning was, he says, uh, Wanda turns to him and says, what is, what is talking about it going to do, you know? And then Vision's conversation to her back was, I do not presume what you're going through. I do not presume what you're going Mm -hmm. through, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that's when it's just so, it's a, a tension grabber because I know for me, when, you know, when my mom passed away, there was a lot of "I know how you feel." I'm like, really? Do you know how it feels to tell the doctor to turn off my mom's life support? Like, how do you know how to? Do you know how that feels? Do you know how it feels to tell all my sisters that we have to let my mom go on her deathbed? Tell me, do you know how that feels? So when when Vision said that, you know, mm-hmm. I do not presume it was so powerful because I was like. Oh my gosh. Either they had a grief expert to talk about how to write this stuff, but it was just, and it's so beautifully and compassionately written to the degree yeah. where even Wanda's resistance
0: mm-hmm.
1: were taken apart, right? Mm-hmm. It was like this, she was dismantled by that mm-hmm. interaction. Um, brilliant stuff. And I think for grief counselors, vision somewhat replicated the difficulty mm-hmm. of what grief counselors, grief therapists go through on a daily basis to make it compassionate, warm, non, non-judgmental, right, Debbie? Yeah. Yep. From that perspective, I mean, I was like, it's got to be really tough to be a, a, a grief therapist in this day and age, especially with stuff going on, mm-hmm. you know, like this.
2: Well, it's so overwhelming because we are also grieving our own losses, you know, in parallel to our clients. Um, but I was also thinking of, you know, I love the last scene where, where, you know, uh, uh, Wanda um, turns into the Scarlet Witch, which is like, you know, uh, which... Which was a beautiful. Actually, uh, I saw people commenting on Twitter about uh, that it was that it was a really power empowered, um, mm-hmm. even the costume that it wasn't provocative. It wasn't sexy. It was so regal, um, and um, and that you know when I think that people are able to get through so much of the pain of grief and be able to repair that internally is that there is this incredible strength that comes, uh, that, uh, that they are far more, uh, they have far more clarity. Yeah. That's just, um, amazing.
1: Yeah. I love how they did that too. Like the crown, yeah. it, mm-hmm. it had elements of gold in there. And then yeah you know, it was, it was just, you're right. It was a regal moment. I was like, whoa, yeah. now we know mm-hmm. this Scarlet Witch, who she is. Um, but, you know, if they are to somewhat follow the Marvel uh, House of M, it's going to get darker from here and out. I'm just so damn excited for the next <laughs>
2: <phase>. <laughs> You know, it is such a, Uh, It has been such a cool series to be able to talk to with my clients uh, coming in, asking them of, oh, have you, you know, have you seen WandaVision? And I love when people light up and go, oh my gosh, yes, I have. It's like, oh, here, let's, you know, it gives us, you know, another, um, another metaphor of being able to talk about grief. Yeah, it's, that's so complex.
0: Woo, I love this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I, I noticed in, like, your description that you sent to me, Debbie, about, like, your practice, you use the, the term tsunami of grief, and then when mm-hmm. Wanda was talking to Vision, she, she says that she describes her, her grief like a wave that keeps, like, ah. rushing over her. I wanted to, to talk to you about how, Great. like, that language, and if it is that common in, like, grief mm-hmm. therapy to utilize...
2: Yes. Yes. People talk about waves. I, um, I have used an imagery of a tsunami, uh, grief, uh, of a grief tsunami with my clients for many years, because, uh, those things that trigger them, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, when all of a sudden, you know, this feeling of grief comes over and it feels really overwhelming, um, and can feel like a tsunami, you know, and I think about tsunamis, Tsunamis happen because the ground, you know, has swollen underneath and the plates, Teutonic plates have moved. You know, think about those significant losses. I know after my mom mom died, it's like, oh man, the whole entire world changed. You know, after my brother died, the world changed again, you know. Um, I'll say after my last member of my family, my dad died, it was then a whole other you know, wave of a tsunami of, oh, wow, wait a minute, I'm the only one left. And so, so there's those tsunamis and they come out of nowhere. And I think that if we can prepare people um, that that's going to happen and to help them uh, learn how to actually kind of uh, be able to survive and ride kind of that, that tsunami. Um, You know, it can be in the grocery store where they reach for loved one's favorite barbecue sauce and then don't even realize it until they're in the checkout line you know and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you know burst out into tears and you know the clerk looks at them like they're crazy uh and that's actually uh, something that one of my clients had told me recently they were like oh my gosh i didn't know what to do yeah
1: and it's it's sad that And it's sad that some people pathologize those types of experiences. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like people looked at me like I was crazy. Crazy. And you know, one thing that Vision said um, when he episode nine Mm -hmm. when she tried to explain, I should have been truthful to you. I should have told everything. And Vision said, I know why you did all of this. I know why. Mm -hmm. So it was really compassionate, you know. And and if it weren't for. Oh my gosh, what is her name? The doctor. They were in the car together. Darcy Lewis. Yes, Darcy. Oh yeah. To help, to help her understand, like mm-hmm. she's not crazy. She's she yeah. did all this because your love, her love for you was is real. Yeah. You know, basically that's what she's saying, and so he got a full understanding, and so, you know, the, the inner inner play of script writing and just the language that they started using was more at first in the very beginning it was like Wanda what are you doing what are you doing what are you doing like why do you do this why do you do this and at the end you're like ah we get it and Vision's last
4: Mm -hmm. last
1: comment was you know can you she's I can I can I can fix this I can fix this like can you which is a foreshadowing of you need to make a choice (laughs) what's your choice right Right.
0: it's interesting that you're saying that because it just reminded me of like when jimmy woo is trying to to get a hold of wanda and he's asking who's doing this to you wanda who's doing this to you and
2: Mm -hmm. uh... (laughs) yeah man Yeah. yeah As you were talking about that, I was thinking of something that I refer. You know, um, you know, we talk about when people get mad that you know their veins pop out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I refer to um, I refer to loyalty veins when when people all of a sudden feel prote- you know really protective of the person that isn't there anymore. You know that that loyalty to the legacy. You know, the legacy of how of how it was supposed to be. And I'm gonna follow that, I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go and and make sure that I follow through with that for them. Mm-hmm. And it can, you know, go to extremes um, and um and look pathological. And yet it's like, yeah, but if we look at it from in terms of their grieving heart. Mm-hmm. then it makes so much
1: more sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Things become reality when you're grieving.
0: Right. And I
1: remember in a Facebook discussion, someone mentioned, uh, you know, my, my client is going through some delusions because after a death mm-hmm. or a traumatic death, they started having conversations at night with their past loved ones. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, why do we need to apost- uh, uh, pathologize that? Like right. you call it delusions? Like, mm-hmm what what if that's that's a lived moment you know Mm -hmm. and and one the vision just shows you know all of those merging together of Mm -hmm. is this her creation is this is vision really the vision but she explained it in the end where you when when vision said who am i she said you are a part Oh, you are a piece of the, the stone that's within me. You are made out of blood and wires. Um, so it's it, you're not fake basically. You are a part of the stone that lives in me. right So you know And so when vision heard that and that tear came down her eye, again, I questioned, is this vision's tear or is this Wanda's tears Wanda. yeah. right? Because remember, he's, he's a, he's a synthesoid, mm-hmm. but really, really powerful, you know, when she said, you are made of wires and blood, mm-hmm. and you are from, from me, piece yes. of me. Yes. I thought that was just like, oh <laughs> my like, gosh, again, I cannot rave enough of the script writing in yes. this show. Yes. It's just so magnificent. And I've never seen and heard this type of in in, in a sitcom. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like so amazing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There is so much depth.
3: It's it's so interesting that both of you bring that up. You know, that's this idea that, you know, people we need the we need to make sense of things that don't make sense you know just the way that vision was so confused about everything and Mm -hmm. when we see someone acting abnormal and what we sense is abnormal we want to make that fit into our reality and i'm wondering if what the call to action here is to just have more compassion for what's happening around us and not have to necessarily understand what the experiences that other people are feeling um, you know, and in your right, Ernesto, I see that as well. It's it's not just um, uh, people at the grocery store, or the checkout person. It's also therapists as well. Sometimes mm-hmm. clinicians have the sense of like we have to put this into some type of clinical term, and and we have to kind of disarm ourselves yeah. that way, um, and make sure that we're being more compassionate and people first before we're, before our job.
1: Debbie, you yeah. brought out um, that you brought out uh, Monica Rambeau and mm-hmm. this idea, Abby, that you're talking about about the reality of things, right? Mm-hmm. Monica Rambeau, in in their intera- in her interaction at the lawn with um, uh, with Wanda, was you have to find your truth. What is your truth? You know, um, don't let anybody define that. Mm-hmm. What is your truth? You know, yeah. my truth is my mom passed away. I'm coming to grip grips with it. What is, you have to figure out what is your truth. Mm-hmm. So. You're absolutely right. The sense mm-hmm. of trying to make trying to make sense of reality from our perspective, but what Monica did was, mm-hmm. no, you make sense of your own world. Yeah. yeah. Right. No one gets to dictate that because you're grieving. Now, if you're struggling with schizophrenia, mm-hmm. legitimate, uh, you know, psychosis, let's have a discussion about that. Mm-hmm. But this is grief.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: it's like. Hey, if you want to have lunch with that person that passed away in front of you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, go ahead and do that. That's your truth and your reality. But there comes to a point now where you have to be at a cross crossroad, whether you choose where you want to be. And for a uh, nine season, a uh, nine series or nine weeks, mm-hmm. we saw her having that lunch with the people that passed in front of her, right? That dinner in front of the people that she made so somewhat made up in her mind. So it took us to that space.
2: So that makes me think about, um, you know, when when people around grievers after a while, you know, initially uh, people will talk about, yes, people are really supportive. And then after a certain period of time, a few months, um grievers get this feedback verbally or non-verbally and their perception also of of other people's reactions you know is this kind of like you know you should be over this by now or come on you know let's change the subject and you know that that almost that kind of fight of come on you know let's you know let's move on or if it's gone on for too long now we have to talk about well it's depression now it's like well wait a minute you know um you know if somebody is really struggling and but we're not asking about well wait a minute is there has there been what how long ago did your loved one die Oh, uh, it was 10 and a half, 11 months ago. Oh, well, no wonder you're having a hard time. Come on. We have an anniversary that's coming up. And and often people have a really hard time. And then I know come in and say, there must be something wrong with me because I, I was doing okay. I was like, well, yeah, well, you know, that's part of that you know, that roller coaster too of those waves that, you know, come up as well. And us trying to think that we have to fix it Mm -hmm. rather than being able to normalize it. And I'm also gonna throw in um, even psychosis. I remember I worked on a uh, psych unit um, in the hospitals for 15 years and um, love that work. And I remember this woman that came in Uh, that had to uh, that was psychotic and thought she was four years old she was in her late 70s Um, I was able to contact one of her brothers um, uh, and all of her brothers were older Um, so he had told me that when she was five their mom had died and this was in the early 1900s and what was common and what her their dad did was that he, um, he sent the boys to one orphanage and she got sent to another orphan to a girl's orphanage. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, well <laughs> then, then all of a sudden, you know, her psychosis, and she had psychotic breaks uh, several times through her life, and they were always correlated with a loss that had happened you know, that cumulative effect of loss is like, well, well, no wonder you would become four because five her whole entire world got completely destroyed. So I just think
4: it's fascinating. And all of this is about context. I think that's the big takeaway from this is it's about the context. Mm -hmm. It's about, you know, the whole, the compassion, the understanding and, Mm -hmm. and realizing how much this can change for people, not only those who are living, but the people around them and the experiences they've had.
2: So this has been wonderful.
0: I, I thank you so much for inviting me.
1: Me too. Thank yeah.
0: you so much for coming on. It's such a great conversation. I could talk for hours more, but I won't pick up any Absolutely. more. Absolutely.
3: <laughs> but before, before we go, if, uh, if our guests could just go ahead and give a plug for both of their information. So if uh, any of our listeners want to visit their pages or see your work? Ernesto, you go first.
1: Sure. Yeah, you can you can always friend me on Facebook. I love having the discussion there. Mm-hmm. Um, just follow me on Facebook. Um, for any of my businesses, I always promote it there. Um, but mostly just to have fun and engage on Facebook. That's it, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm also on Facebook, uh, you know, Debbie Jenkins, Frankel. Um, and uh, CalabasasCounseling.com is our counseling center and uh private practice grief um is my
0: is my website for therapists so yeah so thank you so much thank you for listening to therapy for nerds if you liked this episode hit that like button subscribe comment and check out the links to our social medias where you'll be sure to get all of the latest therapy for nerds information and be kind to yourselves this week